Good afternoon, brothers and sisters. How are you all today? Hmm. So the, the rain has uh, kind of reduced to a drizzle now. Still raining. Uh. Yeah. Hope everybody stays safe and dry and keep warm. The past two days has been a bit uh, chilly. Oh. Easy to fall sick. Uh. Yeah. So today's topic, suffering, is this the only option to learn Dharma? Mm. Again, uh, this is uh, an interesting topic. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, when we say come to learn Buddhism, come to learn Dharma, um, what is our motivation? Yeah. Uh, what triggers us to learn Dharma? Um, so then the question becomes whether suffering is mandatory. Yeah. Uh, is there other are there other um, rationale for learning the Dharma? So. Perhaps, first of all, we can re-examine what it means to learn Dharma. So why do we learn Dharma? <coughs> so, let me see here. Learn Dharma. Learning of Dharma. So what are the motivations? So from the title itself, we know that one motivation is suffering. Okay. So one motivation is suffering. Yeah. Maybe let me let's examine this first. Huh? So uh I mentioned in many classes actually, for many people, uh, we come into Buddhism to seek for an answer, much like the Buddha, um, when he left the palace to seek an answer to, uh, or a solution to the suffering that he see. Similarly, uh, for many people, when we come to Buddhism, we come to Buddhism because of the suffering that we experience um, but even more importantly it is that uh, we are not able to solve it using the normal means yeah? so as a result then we say hey <coughs> how can we solve um, the suffering that we are having um, as a result how do we solve this uh, problem of suffering yeah so uh, a common a common problem or a common suffering that people have is um, the suffering of anger. So we may come to learn the, the, the Dharma because of our suffering. And uh, it could be 
um, because you know of our uh, of work because of family because of friends because of our health Uh, work is easy to understand <laughs> uh, I'm not saying that work is always suffering for me it was pretty fun last time uh, but for many people work is uh, contains at least some element of suffering but usually we are able to solve it so then um, we just get on with our life and sometimes we it's so overwhelming then we try to find some help and perhaps we may look for religion uh, and in this case Buddhism for a solution similarly for our relations with our family yeah, uh, sometimes it's not the relations sometimes it's that um, not at the fault of our family members but maybe something happened to them and as a result we suffer yeah. uh, in, the, in one of the sutta called the Pia uh, Jati, uh, Pia Jati, Pia Jatika, Pia Jati uh, Sutta. So the the title is uh, those that is that which is born from those whom we love. Yeah. So uh, or those who are dear to us. So our family members are dear to us. Our friends are dear to us. Our health is dear to us, yeah. And for some people, work is dear to us. And so, when something happens to any of this, then we suffer. When changes happen, changes that happen to these four areas, yeah, uh, or any other thing that is dear to us, yeah, um, and uh, then as a result, we may suffer. So, um, so far, so good, yeah. Uh, but uh, but today's topic is um, whether this is the only option. Uh, whether this is the only option. Uh, if we were to pursue the learning of Dharma uh, uh, in this way, then we are trying to free ourselves of suffering, to remove our own suffering. Uh, so this is one angle. Yeah. So. In that sense, learning of Dharma uh, is for the purpose of removing suffering. Okay, and in this case, it is um, uh, towards ourselves. Okay, oh. uh, so we can say own suffering. No crime or shame in that. There's nothing wrong with wanting to remove our own suffering. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and but are there other reasons for learning Dharma? Yeah. So just now we mentioned about how uh, family, friends, our health and work, these are dear to us. And so when something changes, then we suffer. Uh, but sometimes, um, our concern is not so much about our 
own suffering but about others suffering huh? others suffering yeah so then how So, uh, so then um, it is a bit different. Huh? Mm. So, in a way, it is still motivated by suffering, yeah. uh, but it's not about our own suffering. Okay? Um, it is motivated by others' suffering. So, this comes this as a result um, is it has uh, another basis which is compassion uh, so it is about compassion <laughs> yeah it is about compassion towards others that when we see others suffer um, and it motivates us to want to learn Dhamma uh, so, um, so this is more in that sense we can say that this is the path of the Shravaka and this is the towards the path of the Bodhisattva okay mm. now then the question is um, is it possible to just have this without this? Yeah. Is it possible to have uh, compassion for others without being aware of our own suffering? Um, in a way, no. Uh, yeah. So there's a misnomer that uh, bodhisattvas um, are un. Uh, do not practice the Shravaka teachings nor are they um, so they don't deal with their own suffering so Bodhisattvas do deal with their own suffering uh, so uh, in the in the Mahana traditions or in the Buddha's teaching there's this phrase called So, so to loosely translate it, to benefit uh, oneself and to benefit others. Oh. So this is uh, oneself, this is benefit and then to benefit others. So what does that mean? It means that uh, when we say to benefit oneself, it means you learn the Dharma to remove your own suffering first. Um, why is that important for someone who wants to help others uh, out of compassion? Because suffering don't happen just by itself. Uh. 
suffering arise due to defilements. So when we say to benefit ourselves, to remove our own suffering, it is really to remove our defilements. And when we are free of defilements, then it's possible to truly help others. Uh, then it's truly possible to help others. Yeah. Um, in the in the uh, uh, if you are to uh, actually start to try to um, benefit others, um, then you will find that this is very crucial. In many of the um, social services, uh, social workers, or the medical field, um, a lot of uh, there's there are, there's an on, ongoing trend or study about how those caregivers actually <laughs> they need care themselves. Yeah. So having that balance is important. Having that balance is important. What other motivation are there? <clears throat> In the the question that was posed to me, can it stem from a curiosity to see the world with clarity? Um, why not? Yeah. Um, the can it be out of curiosity? Uh, in a way, yes. Yeah, because the learning of dharma is. Um, perhaps there's something that needs to be explained uh, about the learning of Dharma. When we think about learning of Dharma, it's like we usually think of Dharma as the as the Buddha's teaching, right? So of course, in the case of Buddhism, it is the Buddha's teaching. Um, but what is the Buddha's teaching? The Buddha's teaching is not something that the Buddha created, but rather what the Buddha observed through his own <coughs> practice uh, about this world. Yeah. So effectively, the Dharma, the Buddha's teaching, is basically what the Buddha observed about this world. Yeah, what he observed about the the nature of this world. So, <clears throat> in that sense, um, if you are if you are curious about this world, curious about how how this world work, how does our existence uh, come about, um, then you uh, you will find that learning the Dharma is interesting <clears throat> and then it perhaps it may apply to you yeah, to have that curiosity about uh, about the world because apart from learning um, perhaps I can put it this way you know sometimes students come to me and they ask me uh, Dharma Dharma questions uh, and then there was once, um, then there was a student who was about to leave and then uh, she asked me, she said like, uh, I actually have one more question to ask you, but it's too mundane. <laughs> yeah. 
it's uh, very worldly. I think better not ask you. And so I was like, well, what, what do you mean? What do you mean by it's too mundane? So you shouldn't ask me. So she said, ah, it's 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 like it's a uh, it's about the uh, their life, you know. So this is deemed to be too mundane. It's as though the Dharma that the Buddha teach is all about some some esoteric truth about this world. So the mundane affairs, the mundane problems that people face is too low to be dealt with um, using the Dharma. So I told the student, I said, um, apart from our ordinary mundane life, Strictly speaking, there is not much of a Dharma to talk about. Yeah. The Buddha, like all Buddhas, uh, strive towards enlightenment out of compassion for the suffering of ordinary mundane sentient beings, if you will. Yeah. Uh, and apart from sentient beings, the unenlightened sentient beings, there is no Buddhahood to talk about. Yeah. So when we learn the Dharma, uh, whether it is out of because of our desire to remove suffering, or perhaps it's because we are uh, curious, yeah, or perhaps it is out of compassion for other people's suffering, to me it's okay. Yeah, to me it's okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, because even if it's just out of mere curiosity, uh, if you were to learn the Dharma, eventually, eventually you would come to the um, realization of the truth, yeah. Or you would verify for yourself uh, whether it's true or not. Mm. And once you verify it, then um, you wouldn't have any, uh, yeah. You, you there wouldn't be a problem, <laughs> yeah. Um, in the Buddha's time, there were those who learned the Dharma for other motivation. Yeah. Uh, in the Buddha's time, there was this. Uh, there were other schools. Yeah, much like now, there are different religion, and so uh, back then, because of the Buddha's effectiveness in teaching and helping people um, be become. Um, Lightened of their suffering, yeah, and some of them even attaining arahanhood, the perfect enlightenment. Um, so more and more people started gravitating towards the Buddha's teaching. More and more people uh, became the Buddha's disciple. So the consequence is there were lesser support for the the other schools, the other ascetics and the Brahmins. So. Uh, then it occurred to some of the uh, practitioners in other schools that perhaps one way to ensure that they continue to receive the support uh, from lay people uh, is to send one of them to the Sangha and ordain as a Buddhist monk yeah? uh, but with the sole intent to actually uh, just learn enough Dharma, learn how to uh, act like a monk, <laughs> behave like a monk, 
and maybe maybe even teach like a monk uh, so that um, they can masquerade as Buddhist monks uh, but uh, not really uh, practicing it yeah interesting huh? in the Buddha's time that something like that happened I think that venerable is uh, Susima let me let me double check yeah if I don't recall wrongly uh, let me just double check huh? This is a very interesting sutta. Ah, yes, that's right. Mm. So, Susima. Susima Sutta. It is in the Sanghita Nikaya uh, number 12 and Sutta number 70. Yeah, Susima Sutta. So uh, this this venerable venerable Susima went to ordain, and after ordaining, um, it was quite interesting because after ordaining, then uh, he uh, he he joined the sangha and then he learned the teachings and he practiced there, and uh, at the end of uh, um, at that point in time, there were those who has. Uh, uh, I think there was probably uh, a period, some practices, and then uh, a large number of monks then went to the Buddha and declared their uh, their liberation, yeah, to the to the Buddha. So then the then Susima, Venerable Susima, heard about it, so he was curious, yeah, and he went to uh, ask some of the monks. Yeah, who has declared their liberation? Uh, some questions. Yeah, and uh, like first of all, like uh, is it true that you all have already attained the final liberation? Yeah, that there's you have completed the task. You know, uh, graduate, <laughs> so to speak. And they replied yes. Then the then Susima variable Susima asked them like. So are you able to do this? Are you able to do that? Like, do you have some of the psychic supernatural power? And they said yes. Uh, they said, uh, oh no, they, they said no. Yeah. So not all the Arahants have supernatural power. Yeah. So then he asked them whether they have uh, the divine year, and they said no. <coughs> and uh, whether they are able to uh, encompass that means read encompass people's mind so have clairvoyance to to read people's mind he said no not able to and then uh, venerable susima again asked do you are you able to recollect your past life and they again said no yeah um, then venerable susima asked uh, are you able to see how other beings pass away and then get reborn elsewhere and they also said no yeah so <laughs> like these are Ara these are arahants but don't can't seem to do anything much huh? so then venerable susima asked them mm, are you able to um uh like experience the the bliss yeah from the formless states yeah, in, within the formless states and they said no so then now Baramba Susima is very curious like um, 
like didn't you all uh, like uh, make this uh, declaration that you are you have already uh, attained liberation yeah so what does that mean you know and so they, they told like that means you, you didn't attain any of this but you are liberated yeah so then then the arahants told them that yeah, they are released through discernment so here it means that it's through wisdom pure wisdom that they attain enlightenment yeah so Varembo Susima could not understand and then but then they said yeah, well whether or not you understand they are, that we are still released through discernment <laughs> yeah so then um, not to go I'm not going to go through the whole sutta I will provide the link and you all can go and take a look so after that, the Varimpa um, Susima then went to see the Buddha <coughs> and asked the Buddha about what happened. Yeah. Uh, and uh, then the Buddha um, gave him some teachings. Yeah. Now the what is interesting is now if you take a step back, uh, if you recall, at the start Varimpa Susima didn't ordain. Uh, here we're not just talking about learning Dharma. He actually ordained, of course, supposed to be learning Dharma for liberation, right? But he ordained not for that purpose. He ordained to so-called steal the Dharma. Steal in the sense that his purpose was to just come and learn enough Dharma to go back and teach his fellow companions, yeah, the fellow ascetics or practitioners, so that they can masquerade as uh, Buddhist uh, monks then this way uh, they can receive support from the from those who support the buddhist monks but they continue to practice their own teachings yeah uh, so in the in the in the buddhist teaching this is called a thief thief of dharma yeah taofa so it's a very high uh, penalty yeah so then um, but now here even though he he he's supposed to just come here and uh, put on a show and just learn enough to masquerade as one, he got genuinely curious. Yeah, he got genuinely curious, and so he asked the Buddha a series of questions, and towards the end, he <coughs> the interesting thing is that as he inquired and the Buddha um, answered his question, uh, and the Buddha gave him teaching. Um, then as a result you know what happened he actually attained to um, enlightenment yeah or rather he he come to see the um, yeah he, he come to attain enlightenment yeah he come to attain enlightenment and so as a result he he realized how how uh, or rather he yeah, he come to um, uh, see that the teachings of the Buddha is indeed the truth, and so uh, he immediately confessed and repented to the Buddha. Yeah. So this is something very interesting, isn't it? His intent originally was just to come here to steal, yeah, come into the Dharma to steal, but after being in touch with the Dharma. He get transformed, yeah. 
so the Buddha's teaching of truth, the truth, the truth itself has this quality that it can transform a person if we were to um, actually um, earnestly learn it, yeah, practice it. Yeah. So Venerable Susima is very interesting also because while he start off with the wrong intent, but he do the actual work, so he still get the actual results. Yeah. And from there he changed. Yeah. So if we come back to the question of how about curiosity? Yeah. Can we simply learn out of curiosity? I would say why not? <laughs> yeah. Why not? Uh, in fact, if I may throw in one more, which is sometimes um, Sometimes students, when they come for class, uh, they may ask very, uh, in a way, rude questions, yeah. Uh, and in some, uh, in in some cases, uh, I've I've been told, uh, I've been told, that if we were to ask too rude a question or too difficult a question, then we are seen as uh, seen a ne negative light, like you are trying to come and create trouble. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't know whether that's the best approach, but um, for me personally, uh, if a person has um, put in enough effort to come and attend the class and actually ask questions, uh, I'll be happy to answer those questions. Yeah. The only exception is when, after repeated um, replies. The person don't seem to um, don't seem to respond to any answers at all, but just goes on to ask more and more questions without uh, ever once like sincerely responding to the questions. Then uh, we have to ask ourselves, like I have to ask a student, like, wait, are you here to ask questions to get an answer, or are you here just to ask questions? <laughs> yeah. I've met some students where uh, they have been rejected in different places, <laughs> yeah, uh, or or in a way they they didn't find the answer they want, yeah, or they 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 seek, they didn't find the clarification, and so they left the center, go to different places, um, and uh, perhaps it's this whole process that helped them. Uh, come to an answer yeah, so when they attend the class and I we reply I reply to them um, they are able to find an find a an answer to the queries they have yeah so um, why is this important because learning Dharma is um, a lot about asking questions it's not simply about um, accepting everything that is being said it's not about not accepting anything that is being said also. <laughs> if you don't accept anything then without even questioning it, you know. It's one thing to question it, it's one another thing to just blindly reject it. Yeah. Questioning it means you examine it. Yeah. Examine it to see whether it is uh, valid, yeah, to to test it out. Uh, that's okay. Blind rejection is not okay. Yeah, blind rejection then you might as well just 
say you, you just no I don't have any reason I just don't accept <laughs> okay fine <laughs> yeah, then that's not the good approach that's not learning Dharma oh. yeah so so how how do you learn Dharma hmm. how do you learn Dharma uh, do you learn because of your own suffering yeah nothing wrong with that uh, but if you learn Dharma because of your own suffering then you can use that as a gauge to ask yourself how effective have you been using the Dharma um, otherwise sometimes we just learn Dharma learn, learn, learn. it becomes just knowledge you know but you are not um, having an end goal which is at least first of all reducing your suffering reducing your defilements and ultimately removing and re uh, your defilements and suffering yeah. yeah so if that is your uh, motivation then that should be the the uh, the measurement of whether learning dharma is effective for you uh, on the other hand if you if you are driven by compassion we must not forget uh, the other point also perhaps i should i should uh, put this as number two and put this as number one because in my opinion removing your suffering here is first and foremost um, our primary objective then secondary objective is to help others with their suffering it's just like now the COVID-19 right if you, are, if you are having the virus you cannot be helping others you need to make sure that you are free of the virus first then you can help others otherwise all your kind intent is moot point you are actually harming others if you still have the virus oh. and if you are really curious about the Dharma but to me that's still okay oh. uh, the question is are you having the right curiosity or are, so meaning that are you having healthy skepticism about the Dharma or are you just being a blind skeptic yeah so leave your comments uh, let me know what you think uh, let me just look through the video and see whether there's any uh, questions or comments that I have to reply to okay let's see about the Dharma okay. or are you just being no a questions. Okay. Yeah. okay. So, leave our comments. Mm. Okay, very good. Uh, all right. So that's all I have for today. I hope everybody stays safe. Yeah. Uh, continue to learn the Dharma. Mm. Keep your curiosity um, going, and uh, till the next time. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> a, a bit of uh, advertisement. We are going to have a, a month-end uh, retreat. Yeah, it will be conducted in one of the center in uh, Geelong. So we are. I'm going to post the link in the comments. You all can uh, check it out for more information. It's on the 30th of uh, January. It's uh, should be a Saturday. Yes. Okay. Yeah, Saturday. 30th of January is a Saturday. So it would be from um, it would be from let me see uh, 
8 to 8 to 8 p.m. No? 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Yeah. Uh, so hope to see you. Yuan Xiao San Zhang Zhu Fan Lao. Yuan Da Zhi Hui Zhen Ming Liao. Pu Yuan Zui Zhang Xi Xiao Chu. Shi Shi Chang Xing Pu Sha Dao. Amitabha. Let's pay respect to the Buddha. Before we go, I'd like to just read one of the comments. So, Chai Kwan, uh, hello Chai Kwan. So, she says, uh, Being brought up in a Buddhist family, I simply follow my parents and grandparents without knowing what, how and why it is done. At some stage, I became curious and want to find out more. Thus, I signed up for the course, and from then on, I never look back. Sadu, sadu, sadu. Yeah, it's true. I think for many, um, especially perhaps Singaporeans, uh, for many Buddhists, we are born into it. Yeah. So we, um, the 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 impetus to so-called learn Dharma. Um, in fact. I think for traditional Buddhists, there's not really this idea of learning Dharma. It's more about going through some ceremonies and rites. Um, because I think a lot of traditional Buddhists um, look at Buddhism more as a, as a, as a different theistic religion. In the sense that many, um, many nominal or traditional Buddhists may look at um, Buddhism, the Buddha, as just another god. And in this case, it's our god that we pray to. But in Buddhism, that's not the way it is. Uh. <laughs> yeah. uh, the Buddha didn't declare himself as a god. The very term Buddha means awakened one. Yeah. To, be, to, to reach beyond the worldly state uh, and to become awakened to the truth of this world. So um, I I completely hear you, <laughs> Chai Kwan. Uh, in a way, I think uh, even for myself, when I was much younger, that was pretty much that as well. But we are very fortunate in Singapore that in the eighties we had something called religious knowledge, and because of that, uh, I think hundreds and thousands of um, 
young secondary school students like myself and my sisters, we, we had the privilege of um, learning what Buddhism is in school. Yeah. Uh, it's a pity that it was scrapped because I think um, knowing what our own religion is because it offered Buddhism, it offered Christianity, it offered Islam, uh, Hinduism, it offered uh, Confucianism, Taoism. So it offered different uh, options for individuals. And you're not required to pick only the one that you are, you, the, the, your own religion. Uh, students are free to choose anyone they, that they wish to. Uh, and I think it helps the young people to understand themselves better um, because religion is a part of our identity, so to speak. Yeah. But it's a pity. Uh, who knows? Yeah, I haven't, uh, we never know. Huh? Uh, maybe in future we may have the opportunity to have such um, programs in public schools again. But, but the, the thing is that because of that, a whole generation uh, of, of young uh, adults got to know about their own religion, and in my case, Buddhism. So from there then, it was, a, it was such a revelation, it was like, wow! Okay. And at the same time, in the 80s, there was, a, there was this, this wave of uh, Dharma speakers, Dharma teachers from Taiwan uh, and from locals. Yeah. And there was so much uh, Dharma talks. Yeah. Uh, there was and, and public talks. Back then, there's no internet, so you, it's not like now, you know, you can just go on YouTube. Uh, so back then, uh, the, the, there were cassette tapes yeah, of some of the Dharma teachers, uh, the, some of the variables from Taiwan, they would record and then um, send it over and then we would duplicate in Singapore. And then, and later on, uh, besides the, the live talks, um, then there were the VCDs that were made available and eventually the DVDs and later on superseded by the internet. Um, and all that really helped people to understand what the Dharma is about, or rather, what Buddhism is about. Yeah, Buddhism is not about uh, the worship of Buddha. Um, we pay respect to him um, uh, because of what he, he was able to do, and what he did, and what he taught. And also, as a, uh, as a form of inspiration to aspire to become like the Buddha. We don't worship him um, as, uh, as someone who is beyond us, but someone whom we aspire to become. <coughs> we, so uh, for Buddhists, we relate to the Buddha quite differently. <coughs> yeah. uh, so Perhaps if you, if you are watching this and you know of someone who is a Buddhist but perhaps want to find out more what it means to be a Buddhist, you can share this segment here with them. Yeah, um, There are a lot of other teachings out there but perhaps this can help them to make better sense of um, why, why we learn the Dharma. Yeah, That Buddhism is beyond just burning joystick and then <laughs> kaptao kaptao, you know. 
uh, <coughs> yeah, it's, it's really about this is uh, a religion that is about the Dharma how we can use it to understand ourselves understand others understand this whole world so that we can change ourselves improve ourselves to become uh, free of defilements and free of suffering and in the process perhaps um, to those who are keen to try it out to also share with them so that they may in turn become free of defilements and suffering till then take care stay safe and stay dry keep warm uh, till we meet again may be guided and protected by the Buddha Dhamma and the Sangha and as always quite quite